Hello and welcome to the Decorum Talking newspaper for the week ending Saturday the 26th of March 2022. Today the news is brought to you by Team One. This is Chris and your other readers are Kathy, Jeremy and our new team member Linda. The editor this week is Mary standing in for Eleanor. Most of our news items are taken from the Hemel Hempstead, Burke Hempstead and Tring Gazette and Express newspaper. All telephone numbers are on the local code of 01442 unless stated otherwise. The headlines this week are Police in Cannabis Crackdown and Netflix Donates TV's Afterlife Bench to the Town. These and other stories follow. Here is the news. Hello, this is Cathy. Police have busted a massive cannabis factory in Hemel Hempstead and seized what is believed to be the county's largest ever cannabis crop, worth over £1 million. Officers swooped on a former snooker club in Grove Hill at around 7am on Wednesday, March the 16th, supported by the Operation Scorpion and Safer Neighbourhood teams. More than 2,000 plants were seized from the building in Henry Wells Square, with an estimated value of at least £1.3 million. The mains electricity supply for the building had also been tampered with as part of the cultivation, so Engineers UK Power Networks attended to make the area safe. Ledio Andreo, aged 30, and Haziz Dosku, aged 28, both of no fixed address, have been charged with being concerned in the production of a controlled Class B drug. They appeared before Hatfield Magistrates Court on Thursday the 17th of March, where they were remanded back into custody. Hello, this is Jeremy, and continuing on from the previous story, Sergeant Dave Perkins from the Operational Support Group said, I know some may think the production and selling of cannabis isn't an issue we should be concerned with, but I say to them, look at the bigger picture. The devastating impact of the drugs industry cannot be underestimated, as thousands of vulnerable drug users are exploited every day, unable to escape and improve their lives. Those who are addicted to drugs often commit crime to feed their habit, meaning innocent people fall victim to burglars and robbers. Organised crime groups take advantage of people, including children, to run drugs for them as part of county lines networks from major cities across the UK. This issue remains a key focus for us, and no less than 25 people were recently arrested in Hertfordshire, with six of those being charged and reminded during the National County Lines Intensification Week. I hope that residents feel reassured to know that we have shut down this cannabis factory, as not only have we put a stop to this criminal activity, but the building itself is now no longer a fire and safety hazard. Finally, I would like to remind the public that if they have any suspicions about drug dealing in their community, please report it to us straight away. Every piece of information we receive helps us to build up a picture and take appropriate action. You can report information about drug dealing online or via web chat or call the non-emergency number 101. Hello, I'm Linda. <clears throat> Hemel Hempstead has received a bench from streaming giants Netflix following the runaway success of season three of Afterlife. Afterlife is the Ricky Gervais drama which mixes comedy with heavy-hitting subjects chronicling grief and depression. Much of the grounded series is shot around Hemel Hempstead, which forms the perfect background for the Gervais series, which touches on interrelationships and local community. Hemel Hempstead is one of 25 venues getting a brand new bench from Netflix, which founded and holds the exclusive rights to this adult drama. While also an, an recognition of Hemel Hempstead's ability to double as the perfect setting for a Middle England show, the benches have also been donated to raise awareness for more pressing matters. Netflix has sent On the Bench in collaboration with Calm, 
Campaign Against Living Miserably, a charity dedicated to raising awareness of men's mental health. CALM aims to destigmatize de- and normalize talking about depression among men and act as a suicide prevention service. Each bench contains a QR code which leads curious sitters to an online support service. Perhaps surprisingly, benches play a key role in Afterlife. Gervais's character, Tony Johnson, is often filmed sitting on a bench, taking his dog for a walk as he ambles around, trying to cope with the crippling grief he felt since the death of his wife. Crackling scenes between Gervais and Penelope Wilson's character, Anne, often take place on benches, with Wilson's character often showering Tony with pearls of wisdom. Gervais, who wrote the programme as well as starring as its lead, said, We hope benches will create a lasting legacy for afterlife, as well as become a place for people to visit and we're thrilled to be associated with CALM and the great work they do. Decorum Borough Council was delighted to be chosen as one of the spots for this worthy campaign. Councillor Alan Anderson told the Hemel Hempstead Gazette, It was fantastic to hear that Netflix, that they were donating this bench to Hemel Hempstead, following the release of the final series of Afterlife on Netflix earlier this year. Having a great number of locations in Hemel shot so beautifully for the much-loved and watched series has filled myself, local businesses and the town itself with pride. I hope that the bench will become a place where people can sit, reflect and talk to someone if they need it, because hope really is everything. Council tax bills will be going up across Hertfordshire from next month and we've broken down what that means for residents in decorum. All 10 district councils, the county council and the county's police and crime commissioner decided to increase their share of council tax. Hertfordshire County Council has raised council tax by 3.99% which equals a £58 rise for an average Band D property. The Police and Crime Commissioner has raised their share by 3.7%, equaling a £10 rise to £223 for a Band D property. The District and Borough Councils have raised their bills to cover the cost of services, including waste collection, leisure facilities, housing and some regeneration projects. The district councils collect the money on behalf of all authorities, but only keep around 10% of the final amount. We've rounded up how much council tax will cost for each band in each district and borough, although in some areas, parish council precepts will be added onto any final bill. The quorum's band D rate is £216 for the borough council's share of tax meaning the average total bill will be £1,968, excluding any parish and town council precepts. Band A will be £1,312. Band B will be £1,531. Band C will be £1,749. Band D will be £1,968. Band E will be £2,406. Band F will be £2,843. Band G will be £3,281. And Band H will be £3,937. A leading group of councillors has formally backed plans to redevelop hospitals in West Hertfordshire, including Hemel Hempstead. Bosses at the West Hertfordshire Hospital Trust, WHHT, have drawn up ambitious £1 billion plans to rebuild a hospital on the site of Watford General and to refurbish existing hospitals at St Albans and Hemel Hempstead. 
Those proposals have been dogged by repeated calls from the Trust to consider the building of a single new hospital on a Greenfield site. And campaigners have recently met with Secretary of State for Health, Sajid Javid, to make their case. But on Monday, March the 14th, the County's Health Scrutiny Committee agreed that it was the Trust's multi-site plan that was the best and fastest way to deliver the much-needed hospital and health facilities in West Hertfordshire. Now the committee will ask Leader of the County Council, Councillor Richard Roberts, to write to the Prime Minister to show the County Council's full support for the hospital redevelopment plans. And he will be asked to request full funding as a matter of urgency so that residents in South West Hertfordshire have outstanding healthcare facilities. The agreement was in response to a motion presented to the meeting by Labour Councillor Asif Khan. Councillor Khan told members of the committee that the trust plans were reasonable, sensible and pragmatic. He stressed that they had been developed with strong clinical support, support from staff and other local NHS bodies. He said it was important that funding for this development at Watford, St Albans and Hemel Hempstead should continue without further delay. And he said the motion would show that there was political support from the County Council for these plans. Continuing on with this story, backing the motion, Liberal Democrat Councillor Chris White stressed that the current plans should be backed, pointing to the support of clinical staff. If clinicians were advising there should be a single hospital on a single site, then we should follow that, he said. But they are not advising that. It is not for us, unless there are overwhelmingly clinical reasons, to take a different view. In a way, I was quite surprised that they thought that this was the best way forward, but they do. Councillor White also stressed that it was not always clear that the creation of a new hospital on a greenfield site would mean the closure of all three existing hospital sites. Independent councillor Roma Mills said she felt there had been a huge amount of procrastination and prevarication over the years. She said that people wanted to feel that they had a local service and that she was satisfied with the proposal to locate specialisms in the three main sites. But she said she wanted the debate, which, he, which had gone on for 20 years, to come to a conclusion. Although the majority of the committee backed the motion, there were three councillors who voted against. Among them was Conservative councillor Fiona Guest, who stressed the need for new buildings, but questioned the location. She said that the people of Decorum had felt disenfranchised since downgrading of the Hemel Hempstead Hospital and suggested that an opportunity was being missed. To continue, meanwhile, Decorum Borough Councillor Rob Beecham said that given the Secretary of State was considering the plans, it would be inappropriate to support the motion. Earlier in the meeting, WHHT Deputy Chief Executive Helen Brown had updated councillors on the progress of the development programme. She said the Trust, alongside the Princess Alexander Hospital Trust, was in the third cohort of bids being considered by the NHS new hospital programme. And she said as the focus nationally was on the first two cohorts, there was relatively little progress at national level on these proposals. She said that issues such as funding available, the timeline and the degree of standardisation between projects were still being worked on. And she said that until those issues had been clarified nationally, there was little progress that could be made locally. A written report submitted jointly by WHHT and PAHT pointed to national delays and local commitment to push ahead. And it concluded, The current delays and uncertainty within the new hospital programme at a national level are frustrating and leading to delays at a local level. However, both trusts remain fully committed 
to pushing forward with their redevelopment plans as rapidly as possible, ensuring that we are in the best possible position to make progress as soon as the national issues begin to unlock. This week in history, March the 22nd, 1979, the British ambassador in Holland, Sir Richard Sykes, was shot dead by two IRA gunmen who opened fire outside his home in The Hague. On this day last year, the King and Queen of Belgium paid tribute to the victims of the suicide bombings that killed 32 people and injured hundreds more in the Brussels subway and airport five years earlier. March the 23rd, 1966, the first meeting for 400 years between the Catholic and Anglican churches took place in Rome between Pope Paul VI and Dr. Ramsey, the Archbishop of Canterbury. March 24, 1944, the breakout of prisoner of war camp Stalag Luft III by 76 inmates began. The event was the inspiration for the Great Escape movie. March the 25th, 1957, six nations, West Germany, France, Italy, Belgium, Netherlands and Luxembourg, signed the Treaty of Rome to create the European Economic Community. March the 26th, 1937, Popeye became the first cartoon character to have his statue erected by spinach growers in Crystal City, Texas. On this day last year, a schoolboy celebrated a year camping in his garden by urging kids from across the world to join him to mark the occasion. And March the 27th, 1966, football's World Cup trophy was found in a garden in South London by a dog called Pickles after it was stolen from a public exhibition in Westminster Hall a week earlier. Hertfordshire County Council is flying the Ukraine flag at County Hall in a public show of solidarity. We stand united in solidarity with the people of Ukraine and are heartbroken to see the human suffering caused by this unnecessary war, said Councillor Roberts in a statement issued by the County Council. Over the past few weeks, it has been moving in many ways to hear about the war in Ukraine. Equally, to see the way the people of Hertfordshire have responded and reached out offering support. Financial donations to national and local charities, as well as voluntary agencies, are being made across every village and town. Councillor Roberts pointed to the coordination role played by the County Council, alongside other organisations, including district and borough councils, the police, the fire service, the NHS, community and voluntary groups and businesses. None of us knows what might unfold or want to think the unthinkable, he said. I can, however, put my hand on my heart and say that I know the people of Hertfordshire will respond. We do all care. Our thoughts and support continue to be with everyone impacted by the conflict in their country. The page on the government's website that outlines the Homes for Ukraine sponsorship scheme is at homesforukraine.campaign.gov.uk. A local lifeline for children with physical difficulties in Hertfordshire was visited by the Mayor of Decorum, Councillor Stuart Riddick. Local charity PlaySkills Hemel Group takes place every Friday at Adyfield Free Church in Hemel Hempstead. Local charity PlaySkills provides essential therapies for local children. Councillor Riddick met the charity's founder and director, Andrea Clark, a physiotherapist who founded the charity in 2006 after identifying a gap in services which was leaving the local families she worked with feeling isolated and let down. He also met Chair of Trustees Stuart Soloway, alongside speech and language and occupational therapists, with a chance to see the therapies in practice with local children and their families. 
Hertfordshire-based charity PlaySkill provides free expert, expert support from pediatric physiotherapists, occupational therapists, and speech and language therapists for preschool children aged one to five who have physical needs. Operating a unique holistic approach, each group session uses play as a tool for development. While the children are having fun, they are also learning to stand, eat, communicate and walk. Groups run in both Hemel and Watford. The charity also provides essential training and advice for parents, enabling them to practice the therapies at home and supporting them as they navigate NHS and education services. Andrea said, We're so pleased that Councillor Riddick is taking such an interest in our essential local service. As a charity, we receive no government funding and rely wholly on donations, plugging an important gap caused by the many pressures on local authority and NHS services. A man has been found guilty of raping a 17-year-old girl after kidnapping her while she was waiting to be picked up after a night out in Hemel Hempstead. Mohammed Atif Khan of Upper Meadow, Chesham Bucks, was convicted of kidnap with intent to commit a sexual offence. Luton Crown Court heard how the evening of Saturday, August the 28th last year, the victim had been out socialising with friends and was waiting to be collected by her family at the rear of Primark in Waterhouse Street, Hemel Hempstead, when Khan drove past in his vehicle. CCTV cameras showed Khan 37 reversing back and parking up before getting the victim into his vehicle. He then proceeded to drive her to Chesham before both sexually assaulting and raping her. Khan then drove the traumatised victim back to Hemel Hempstead and told her she could get out of the car, leaving her to make her way back to the town centre where she was later collected by her family. She bravely told them what had happened and they called the police. An investigation was launched by the Constabulary's Sexual Offences Investigation Team before the case was later taken on by the Bedfordshire, Cambridgeshire and Hertfordshire Major Crime Unit. Detectives trawled hours of automatic number plate recognition and CCTV footage to ascertain the movements of the vehicle involved in the offence. They identified a white Volkswagen Polo which was registered to Khan and at an address in Chesham, Buckinghamshire. The vehicle was forensically recovered by Thames Valley Police and Khan was arrested on Wednesday, September the 1st, 2021. Phone data analysis also placed Khan in the same location as the victim at the time of the offences. Khan was later charged and after pleading not guilty, was remanded in custody ahead of his trial. Following conviction, he was, reman he was remanded back into custody and is awaiting sentencing at Luton Crown Court on Friday, May the 13th. Pupils at, at a Hemel Hempstead school and a local toy shop have been working together to send new toys to 1,000 Ukrainian orphans who have fled the war. Pupils at Lockers Park School have been creating shoeboxes filled with gifts for children on the Ukrainian border containing essentials such as gloves, torches and batteries, as well as art supplies and chocolate. Inspired by the pupils campaign, Gary Grant, founder of the Entertainer Toy Shop, generously offered to boost the donations with brand new toys for children aged from six months to 18 years. Lockers Park School pupils visited the entertainer in Hemel Hempstead to choose the toys themselves. The toys and shoebox gifts will be delivered to the Polsat Foundation, a charity that is supporting Ukrainian orphans 
who have fled to Poland. Head teacher Gavin Taylor said, Our pupils are determined to help the children affected by the war and it's wonderful that the Entertainer Toy Shop has generously contributed to their efforts with so many new toys. The gift of play in the midst of conflict can really make a positive difference to children and we are thankful to our pupils, the entertainer and our partners in delivering the toys that we can come together as a community to help children whose lives have been turned upside down. Gary Grant said, The pupils of Lockers Park and many other people up and down the country have demonstrated their generosity and concern by proactively helping Ukrainians in many ways. In desperate situations, small gestures can count for a lot, and I'm pleased the team at The Entertainer can support these efforts. A care worker has relived the trauma of her nightmare lock-in lockdown experience during the pandemic, which saw her forced to move into a Hemel Hempstead care home to protect her vulnerable dad. Naomi Pierce worked at Mountbatten Lodge in Hemel Hempstead, which along with hundreds of care homes around the country was thrust into the eye of the storm at the start of the pandemic on March the 25th, 2020. Within weeks, the home had identified an outbreak of COVID, which turned Naomi's life upside down after she was forced to move in for three months to protect her dad who was classed as vulnerable. Naomi, 25, said, I couldn't believe what was happening. On April the 9th, I turned up for my shift at 2pm. I was late, but there were no staff around. Eventually, someone let me in and told me there'd been an emergency meeting because there was a COVID case at the home. The resident was in hospital by this time, where she tested positive for coronavirus. I messaged my family and they told me, you can't come home, it's not safe. I didn't know what to do. I couldn't put my dad at risk. The care home agreed and said, you're not going home, we'll look after you. They suggested I move in, but while it seemed a kind gesture, it was just awful. I felt so traumatized and alone. I was one of the youngest members of staff and felt like I was never off duty. It was a huge responsibility and it was so difficult as I couldn't see my family. I had nowhere else to go either as I don't drive and couldn't commute. A couple of the staff were really good, but the management weren't very supportive. My sister in full PPE dropped off as many of my things as she could in a suitcase, and I tried to keep in touch via FaceTime, but it was a disaster as dad didn't know how to use it. So we wrote each other letters which I found the other day. Reading them again brought it all back. I just wasn't prepared. Nobody could have been. Naomi described how she wasn't given a permanent room, but had to keep moving as residents moved around or sadly died of COVID. Naomi eventually went home in July 2020 and left the job in November, but still works in the care system. She said, looking back, I've got mixed emotions. Lockdown was hard for everyone, but to be forced to live at your place of work was just a nightmare. I did what I had to do, but never again, I hope. Decorum authorities are calling for your views on how safe the community is to visit and live in. Residents are encouraged to fill out a survey designed by the Decorum Community Safety Partnership, CSP, and provide feedback on how they feel. The CSP is made up of officials from the police force, borough council, fire service and other non-statutory organisations. Hertfordshire Constabular reports that crime figures are in decline over the past year, but the police and council and other governing bodies are keen to better understand any common community concerns. Citizens have been sent six questions to answer in the online survey, which has been named Feelings of Safety. It is hoped the feedback provided can make residents, businesses and visitors feel even safer around the borough. Decorum Chief Inspector Jason Keane said, 
Community safety is, and always has been, a key priority for the CSP, and we know it affects the quality of life of both individuals and communities. The Feelings of Safety campaign will provide us with vital information to help the partnership develop strategies to help make our neighbourhoods safer. The partnership undertakes a significant amount of work across Decorum, and the views of local residents are paramount in allowing us to target our resources where they are needed most. We hope as many people as possible will complete the survey, whether they are new to the area or have lived and worked here for a long time. Feedback forms have been separated by neighbourhoods, and you can access the correct survey for where you live below. Kings Langley and Hemel Hempstead South East, Kings Langley, Apsley, Corner Hall, Nash Mills, Bennett's End, Leverstock Green, Bovingdon, Flaunden and Chipperfield at bit.ly slash klanghemelsafety. Hemel Hempstead East, Adyfield, Boxmore, Chaldon and Warner's End at bit.ly slash hemeleastsafety. A Tring woman is taking on a running challenge after her brother was diagnosed by chance with a life-threatening heart defect. Chantal Lynn, age 35, is taking part in the London Landmarks Half Marathon on April the 3rd to raise money for the British Heart Foundation after her brother Chris was found to have a defective heart valve in October. The startling discovery was made when Chris was rushed to hospital with breathing difficulties after falling from his mountain bike while cycling off-road. While checking to see if the 37-year-old had a punctured lung, a CT scan revealed an unrelated problem with his aorta, the main artery that carries blood from the heart to the body. While the breathing problems turned out to be the result of severe bruising, further tests revealed that Chris had been born with only two of the three flaps that normally close the aortic valve. As the valve didn't close fully, it was putting an extra strain on the heart and putting Chris at risk of a sudden heart attack. Chris, who is a policeman, is on medication and has been taken off frontline duties while waiting for an operation to replace his valve. But after his surgery, the father of two will be able to, be to return to his old role and resume running and cycling. Chantelle, who is a skin therapist, said, The diagnosis was a massive shock. It was horrendous to think that Chris could have been taken away from us at such a young age. He's always been a keen runner and cyclist, and he's also got a very physically demanding job. We never imagined there was something wrong with his heart. Following her brother's heart scare, Chantelle signed up to the London Landmarks Half Marathon. The 13-mile route takes runners past some of the capital's most iconic landmarks, including Nelson's Column, the London Eye and St Paul's Cathedral. Chantelle said, I found the training really hard work. I've had a couple of ankles injuries and this is the first time in three years I've really done any exercise. BHF Events Head Lee Summer said, We are incredibly grateful to Chantel for taking on this very personal challenge. We've made immense progress since our inception in 1961, helping to reduce deaths from heart and circulatory diseases by half. But we must achieve so much more. We know we can prevent more people from developing heart and circulatory diseases that's why it's critical we provide the funding so that scientists can discover the next important breakthrough. To donate, visit justgiving.com forward slash Chantel Lynn. Decorum's Den is returning 
offering startup businesses a chance to win a grant of £1,000 to kickstart their ventures. Business owners and founders will once again get a chance to pitch their best project ideas to Decorum Borough Council's panel of dragons. Borrowing from the long-standing BBC show Dragon's Den, the council has now ran its own version of the reality programme for the past nine years. Since its inception, Decorum's non-televised business scheme has handed out £55,000 to organisations. Decorum Borough Council wants to hear from individuals or businesses who have less than 20 employees and under £1 million turnover, have a great business idea, are keen to expand their business in decorum and require funds to adapt their business to better survive the post-COVID environment. Applications are open now. Businesses have until Monday the 6th of June to register. This year, the quorum's answer to Peter Jones is Hemel Hempstead MP Sir Mike Penning, who will lead a panel of judges. Sir Mike Penning said, I support this scheme entirely. It is not only supportive of the local economy, but it sees larger corporations enabling the growth of small businesses. Decorum Borough Council provides such a great service to the businesses within our borough, and this is just one of the initiatives that they orchestrate. The event is sponsored this year by Soprasteria, Britvic, Abode Bed, the Marlowe Shopping Centre, Hemel Hempstead BID, Hart Hertfordshire, Epsom, Barnard and Webb Solicitors, and Maylands Business Centre. More information is available on the Borough Council website at decorum.gov.uk slash home slash business slash business hyphen services slash decorums hyphen den. Any queries about the initiative can be sent via email to business at decorum.gov.uk. Two Berkhamsted schoolgirls made the brave call to shave all their hair off to raise money for cancer support causes. Lily 10 and Yakira 9 from Potten End School in Berkhamsted shaved all their long locks off for the Macmillan Cancer Support Brave the Shave campaign. The two best friends have more than tripled their fundraising target of £1,000. At the time of writing, they've raised a fantastic £3,110. You can access their fundraising page on the Macmillan website at bravetheshave.macmillan.org.uk slash shavers slash lily hyphen and hyphen yakira. Leora, Yakira's mum, told the Hemel Hempstead Gazette, it was absolutely the two girls' idea. We had a family friend who had to have his leg amputated due to cancer a few years ago, and my eldest daughter decided to raise money for him. My cousin's daughter had a brain tumour as well, so we've known quite a few people affected by cancer. So it was Yakira's turn this year. She decided she wanted to do something. Her and her friend discussed dyeing their hair, all these kinds of things, and then they discussed shaving it. They asked if they could. We spoke to them about how your hair only grows half an inch per month, and they still wanted to do it. We got permission from the head teacher, and it went from there. The fateful chops happened on Saturday the 12th of March. Staff at Tony and Guy hairdressers completed the big shave free of charge. They were shockingly calm, Leora says. The adults were more nervous. They had a little bit of nerves, but they were supporting each other throughout the whole shave. They smiled through it all. They went to school for the first time yesterday. They were anxious about school, but they got great support from the school, and now they're rocking the bald look. Me and Lily's mum, Kate, are so proud of them. Another point of pride for the girls was getting to become local celebrities by appearing on John Darren's Heart Radio programme this weekend. Yakira has donated her locks to the Little Princess Trust to be made into a wig for children having cancer treatment. Now we come to the information slot. This is followed by the obituaries. 
what's on, letters to the editor, and any more news. And while we're at it, an important date about the decorum talking newspaper AGM to note in your diaries. It's on Saturday, 11th of June, 2022, at the Adifield Community Centre, Queen's Square, HP2 4EW. Transport can be arranged, if needed, by contacting the Secretary on 217-918. Free computer clinics for the visually impaired. The Decorum Talking newspaper organises computer clinics for the sight impaired at the South Hill Centre, Cemetery Hill, Hemel Hempstead, HP11JF. If you have issues with your computer, smartphone or tablet, bring it along on a Friday, 9 till 10.30am and we'll do what we can to help. An expert is always on hand. It's an informal group of a few people who are visually impaired. Come along and join us, even just for a chat. For further information, contact the Secretary on 217918 or email secretary at dtnhemel.org.uk. I'm sure that the recent sunny weather has got you thinking about your holidays. Here are the contact details of three hotels which cater particularly well for the sight impaired. The Windermere Manor Hotel, Rayrig Road, Windermere, LA 231EX, telephone 01539-445-801. The Clifton Hotel, 20 Dawlish Road, Tamemouth, Devon, TQ148TE, telephone 01626-770-052. And the Marsham Court Hotel, 3 Russell Coates Road, Bournemouth, BH13AB, telephone 01202. 552111. News from the Macula Society of a Revolutionary Bionic Chip. A patient with dry age related macular degeneration, AMD, has been able to detect signals in her blind left eye thanks to a revolutionary new implant. An 88 year old has become the first UK patient to receive a new device which gives hope of partially restoring vision to people with dry AMD. The successful procedure to insert the bionic visual aid took place at Moorfields Eye Hospital as part of the Primavera clinical trial. The procedure involves inserting a two millimeter wide microchip under the center of a patient's retina by surgically creating a trapdoor into which the chip is posted. The patient then uses special glasses containing a video camera that is connected to a small computer attached to their waistband. The system, which has been developed by Pixium Vision, is intended to partially replace the visual function of the eye's photoreceptor cells. The nerve cells, which transmit signals to the brain via the optic nerve, are electrically stimulated. The system consists of three elements, a wireless retinal implant, a pair of glasses with a camera and digital projector, and a pocket processor. Continuing on with this fascinating story, the implant captures the visual scene projected by the glasses and transmits this to the computer. Artificial intelligence, AI, algorithms, process this information and instruct the glasses to focus on what it perceives to be the main object in the image. The glasses project this image as an infrared beam through the eye to the chip, which converts this into an electrical signal. This signal passes through the retina cells and optical cells into the brain where it is interpreted as if it were natural vision. 
Four to six weeks after being inserted, this implant is tested by switching the chip on. And at this stage, the patient should be able to see a signal. They then go through a rehabilitation program to learn how to use the vision they have been given. After this, patients are potentially able to recognize words when they couldn't before. It is being trialed with patients who have lost their vision in an eye because of dry AMD, for which there is currently no treatment. It is estimated 12% of those over 80 will be affected by dry AMD, while the advanced stages of the condition affect 6.7% of over 80s. If you are unable to travel or get to the shops, Specsavers will visit you in the comfort of your home. They can advise on all sorts of eye care. To arrange an appointment or find out more, ring 0800 089 0177. Help is at the end of a phone. Everyone knows 999, but there are some other emergency numbers that might get you out of a fix. 101 is the police non-emergency number. 105 is the National Power Cut Service. 111 is the NHS non-emergency number. 112 is the EU emergency number. 119 is the test and trace number to report COVID-19 test results. 123 is for the speaking clock. 159 is the Scams Crackdown number launched by Stop Scams UK and Global Cyber Alliance. 888 is a new public safety number being developed by BT. When it is ready, you'll be able to text or call 888 just before walking home alone to trigger GPS tracking. The service will then send automatic alerts to emergency contacts if you don't reach your destination when expected. The obituaries in the Gazette this week are Thomas Edward Loddy, age 94, Anne Reed, Nee Matthews, age 90, Ronald Victor Seabee, aged 85, Terence Roy Staniforth, age 75, Doris Wagon, age 97. May they all rest in peace. What's on at the theatre? Watford Palace Theatre. There is a special screening of Mamma Mia! the movie on the 27th of March at 7pm. Abigail's Party by Mike Lee is on at Watford Palace Theatre until 2nd of April, matinee 2.30 or evening at 7.30. A live screening of The Book of Dust, La Belle Sauvage by Philip Pullmoon is on the 10th of April at 2pm from London Bridge Theatre. A live screening of Leopoldstadt by Tom Stoppard is on the 10th of April at 6pm from the National Theatre. And a live screening of La Traviata by Verdi, sung in Italian, is on the 13th of April at 6.45, coming from the Royal Opera House. Visit watfordpalacetheatre.co.uk or phone 01923 225 671 for more information. Films at the cinema this week include The Bad Guys, Olga, a charity fundraising preview for Ukraine, Ambulance, The Worst Person in the World, Uma, The Nan Movie, Phantom of the Opera, Batman 2022, The Duke, Dog, Death on the Nile, 2022, Uncharted, and Spider-Man, No Way Home. All popular films are provided to cinemas with an audio description track. Please mention your requirements at the time of booking. Music. 
Camerata Chamber Orchestra at St John's Church, Boxmoor on the 26th of March at 7.30pm. This is short notice but local. A free concert that includes an outstanding horn player, Joseph Longstaff, who reached the brass final of the BBC's Young Musician of the Year in 2020. Refreshments are available. There will be a retiring collection in aid of St John's Church. Future dates for your diary in the category Music. Harriet, the piano sessions, Saturday the 9th of April at 8 o'clock at the Old Town Hall. Harriet performs intimate versions of her favourite original songs and some specially selected covers accompanied by her incredible pianist. This concert series is in support of Harriet's upcoming live album of the same name, which will be exclusively available on CD this spring. Harriet is a British-born singer-songwriter whose music is deeply inspired by the likes of Fleetwood Mac, Carol King and The Carpenters as well as artists such as Adele and Lana Del Rey. She has recently completed a series of sell-out headline UK tours, as well as opening for Michael Bolton on his recent arena tour, finishing up at London's Royal Albert Hall. News of a future date from Tring Together. Spring Fair Fortnight, running from Saturday the 23rd of April at 9am until Sunday the 8th of May at 4pm. Get active in the community and the countryside this spring in Tring. The Spring Fair has plenty of ideas to get you moving and the brochure will be out in April. Also, a reminder for the Farmers Market in Tring, 9am till 12.30pm. It will be on Saturday the 26th of March and also the 9th and 23rd of April. Letters to the editor this week include this one from Sir Mike Penning, MP for Hemel Hempstead. <clears throat> I am appalled at Putin's premeditated and wholly unprovoked attack on a sovereign democratic state. My thoughts and prayers are with the Ukrainian people and President Zelensky, whose defiance Courage and patriotism in the face of Putin's aggression is nothing short of inspiring. The UK has been supporting Ukraine's security and defence for a number of years. In fact, when I was Defence Minister, I signed off on UK military to train local troops in Ukraine. The UK has since trained over 22,000 members of the Ukrainian army through Operation Orbital. Also, since 2019, we have assisted Ukraine to build up and sustain a naval capability. In the months prior to the invasion, the UK provided extra support in the form of 2,000 anti-air armour missiles, which the Ukrainians are now putting to good use. The UK has sent further military support since the invasion, more than a 1,000 British troops have been made ready to support NATO and allies in the unfolding humanitarian crisis. There is a huge temptation to support the implementation of a no-fly zone over Ukraine. The problem with that is we cannot implement a no-fly zone without enforcing it. That would almost immediately involve NATO aircraft engaging with Russian aircraft, which would escalate the situation and give Putin justification for attacking a NATO country. Under Article 5 of the NATO Treaty, the attack on one NATO country is an attack on all of us and we would have a new European-wide war. It is a, high, it's a heartbreaking not to be able to support Ukraine in this way but unfortunately we have no real choice at the moment. I am fully supportive of all the actions being taken against Russia. The UK has implemented the largest and most severe package of economic sanctions ever in response to Putin's invasion. Working with our allies in NATO, the G7 and Europe, the government will continue to ratchet up the pressure. 
we have already imposed sanctions on President Putin, Foreign Minister Lavrov, five Russian banks, 120 businesses and a long list of oligarchs. Taken together, they target assets worth hundreds of billions of pounds. Importantly, the government has also worked internationally to remove selected Russian banks from SWIFT and to target the Russian central bank. The government will go further and more sanctions are being added almost daily. I can assure you that the government will keep finding new ways to put pressure on Putin's regime and to support Ukraine and its people. Another letter to the editor. Your readers will have seen that our everyday stamps are changing. We are adding unique barcodes to stamps to pave the way for innovative services for our customers and to enhance the security of the postal service. We are encouraging customers to find and use up any non-barcoded stamps before January the 31st, 2023. However, if customers are unable to use them up by then, we will exchange them for barcoded stamps completely free of charge. Our swap-out scheme will open on March 31st. Customers will be able to print out a form from our website, call our customer experience team to ask for one, or pick one up from their local delivery office's customer service point. More details about our swap-out scheme will be announced soon, but in the meantime, Please be assured that all existing stamps remain valid for postage in the usual way. From Nick Landon, Chief Commercial Officer, Royal Mail. Some County Council news. Major funding has been signposted for an extensive road, pavement and pathway improvement scheme in Hertfordshire, including decorum. The project will see 1,500 different tasks undertaken across Hertfordshire's 3,000 miles of roads and pavements. As well as pavements and roads, the Hertfordshire County Council is looking to improve bridges and traffic signals. It hopes that these changes will improve safety, congestion and make walking and cycling a more palatable option for Hertfordshire residents. Included within the five-year plan is £4 million earmarked this year to assist with roads people live and work on, particularly smaller roads. Councillor Phil Bibby said, we know that the condition of the county's pavements, cycleways and roads really matters to our residents and it matters to us too. While we can't do everything, this work programme, along with the regular repairs we do, will make a real difference across the county. The scheme acts in addition to quick fixes and call-out council workers have to deal with throughout the year the local authority reports. Examples of these smaller schemes are fixing potholes or sending someone out to cut overgrown grass verges. A variety of projects were given priority, the council announced. A council spokesman said, we include a combination of roads, both those that need repairs because they're in a poor state now, and those that need preventative maintenance work to avoid problems in the near future. While improvement schemes take into account factors like reducing accidents, tackling congestion and making it easier for people to walk, cycle or use public transport instead of their car. The works programme is integrated because once we have established priorities, we look to see how those schemes can best be delivered together to increase efficiency and reduce disruption on the roads. More information on each individual plan is available online on the Hertfordshire County Council website. A reminder for those interested in sports news, on Saturday afternoons, Three Counties Radio broadcasts on FM 103.8, Heart Radio are on FM 97.6, and Talk Sport are on Medium Wave 1089. We are coming to the end of this week's news. Sunrise and sunset times for this weekend are 
1825. Don't forget, for those with access to the internet, our news is uploaded to our website soon after the recording each week on Thursday evening. This can be found by visiting dtnhemel.org.uk. If you wish to listen on Alexa, say, Alexa, open the talking newspaper skill. Alexa will ask which broadcast you want to listen to. Follow this with Play the Decorum Talking Newspaper. If Alexa offers you the wrong broadcast, just say no and try again. Remember, for those listening on the memory stick, information on local amenities and services follow after the final music of this recording of the news. Please remove your memory stick carefully from the player and return it to us in the pouch provided. Seal it up carefully, turn the label over and post it back to us at the Adifield Community Centre, the Queen's Square, Hemel Hempstead, HP2 4EW, using any Royal Mail post box. No stamp is required. And finally, just a reminder that the clocks will go forward by one hour at two o'clock on Sunday morning. Thank you for listening. Until next time, it is goodbye from all your readers, the editor and Martin, your technician for this week. <laughs>